the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today for the Tuesday edition, which for us feels like the Monday edition, because if you weren't sure, we were not here yesterday. We took a, the Monday off. We had a, I had a great day off, John. Do you have a nice day off? I had a fabulous day off. Yeah, I took a couple of days, went up to Sharon, PA. Oh, the Metropolis. Yeah, to the Buell Mansion, which was a, a very nice day. Terrific. Uh-huh. Glad you guys got to do that. A little getaway. Got to get away. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see some autumnal uh, foliage? Very much so. Was that a nice little lovely. trip for you? Lovely, lovely. Terrific. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird, though. The trees are not exactly I know. in full. No. They were supposed to peak on October 18th. Well, they haven't. Now it's the 26th, and I don't think there's, there's peaking. Mm-mm. No. I'm... We were talking about it driving back. That- listen listen to how entitled we sound. All right. Like, they're, but they're not peaking. It's a natural process, Kathy. Get over it. I'm going to sign a petition and enforce them to be peaked, right? I'm just, uh, yeah. What's going to happen, probably what will happen is that, you know, the frost will soon come, and then they'll just turn brown and die. Well, <laughs> right? Well, that That's an optimistic outlook. Well, that's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> well, it's not optimistic. That that's what's going to happen. I mean, you know, most likely it is. Because if they haven't peaked at this point... Then you know they this are. This is they what are. I missed in my long weekend, Christy. What's that? I missed this type of thing. What? What? I'm like, that's probably they're just probably going to turn brown and die. That's pr- look. When I said that, did Christy not shake her head? I did. I'm sorry. Oh, Thank for you, Christy. Sake, the two of you. Thank I know. You. I'm no, sorry. It's the truth. I mean, I, I wore. You know what I did today? Tell me. Because it it is a dull day in Pittsburgh. I again. I okay. I like. It. I was I was a little disturbed by its dullness. I wore red shoes. And let me see them. I feel. Bring them up. Hey, very nice. Are they kids? They're vans. Oh, they're very nice. They're very, very attractive. I mean, I, I love a pair of red shoes. I, I I've never owned like, a pair. Here, you know what I should do? Hmm. Hold on. There you go. Settle back there and put those go. red shoes. It's like the Elvis Costello song, right? What's that? The angels want to wear my red shoes. Oh, I don't know What? It. Don't know it. You don't know that song. Uh-huh. Do you know that song? You don't know that song? No. Oh, man. I love Elvis. That's a great. Anytime I see somebody with red shoes, I go, thumbs oh, up. Great. Okay. Right? The angels want to wear my red shoes and Elvis. Okay. Very nice. Happy happy Tuesday to Thank you. Thank you. Happy mm-hmm. Tuesday to you as well. Nice. Anyway, yeah, so the, back to the leaves. They are going to get frostbitten, <laughs> turn brown, and die. <laughs> but you know what? I got some junior mints. We want to thank a listener to the program. I don't. We don't have permission to discuss her name. No, but we were talking about candy last week. And this listener of ours mm-hmm. felt badly for you, felt badly for me, and felt badly for Christy and decided to remediate the situation. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure she felt bad. I think she was just saying, here's a treat. Can I have some of yours? Uh-huh. Because I left mine in my office. Who doesn't love a junior? Do you love a junior mint? I love a junior mm-hmm. mint. And I was just saying, I hadn't had one in the longest mm. time. How about the junior mint episode of oh, Seinfeld? that's delicious. It's super delicious. Mm. Only they can make them better if they'd be frozen. Mm. A frozen ju- Why didn't mm. you think to put them in the freezer? Because I was busy eating them. Mm. Mm. Oh, it's really mm-hmm. good. 
Thank you to this listener. To this listener. <laughs> How Are about we the, allowed um, to say her name? Yeah, why not? Her name's Shay. Her name's Shay. Yeah. Shay. Thank you, Shay. We Dig want you. to say Dig that you, you that. are a favorite person today. Here's that. I'm holding it up. Mm. To the, if you're look, looking at home, watching at home on the word Pittsburgh, I would mm. encourage you to go. What if you gave these They're out for Halloween? They're better than I remembered even. Mm-hmm. Give these out for Halloween. So my husband is going to be going to Sam's Club tonight to get the Halloween can mm-hmm. to get at some other things, but to go. And I don't think I want him to do that. Why? You're going to end up with so much of it, and it's going to remain afterward. Mm-hmm. Like if you're if, if you're going to go to a smaller place, yeah. you're going to end up probably with a little closer to the amount that you're going to need for the kids on Sunday night. It's kind of hard to unless you've got a consistent draw in your neighborhood. Like for us, nobody. Well, you ever got shows. nothing. No one's going to your place. Right. Christy, got- are people going to come to your house? Um, I usually go back to my parents' house. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you? Do they have that? a big group of kids? Yeah, they get like two hundred kids. Two hundred oh, okay. kids. Yeah. That's good. I I don't get that many. I probably get a hundred and twenty. That's pretty darn good, anyway. I got in trouble the other day because on air I was like, "Yeah, here's me. Yeah, we're gonna give out full size candy bars." I come home, my wife's raising an eyebrow. Hey, what's up with you in the full size candy bar? It is dangerous to have this job. I. Hey, what about you? I'm like, well, look, nobody shows up anyway, so let's buy some candy bars. Well, Kath and I are showing up as the Gilmore Girls to get our full-size I'm candy super bars. Excited. I'm super excited about it. Very and nice. if there's not a full-sized one, I'm going to be really angsty. Oh, no. I'm going to have them for sure, just in you case better. you two show up. You Believe better. Me. Very nice. You better. All right. As, as we always do, we yeah. start off the show with the top news stories of the day. So without uh, further ado, Kath, please give us the top four at four. For Tuesday, October 26th, when the leaves haven't really turned yet, 2021. Brown and dead. <laughs> Number one. In a development experts say could lead to gaps in the workforce and affect the nation's economic health for years to come, college enrollment is down overall for the second year in a row. Highly competitive schools have rebounded from last year's enrollment declines, but not enough to make a dent in national numbers. According to today's trip, a preliminary report released today by the National Student Clearinghouse showed a 3.3% decline in enrollment nationally. But that comes on top of last year's drop of 3.2, which brings the total two-year decline to 6.5% nationally. So nobody's working. Nobody's in college. Where is everybody What's going on? doing? Are they in their closet? I mean, are they in their basement? Doug, Sh- Doug Shapiro, CEO of the National Student Clearinghouse, said if it were to hold up, it would be a- the largest decline in 50 years in the U.S. by a factor of two. Oh, How about that? The decline was sharpest at community colleges and regional four-year public universities that serve as an entry portal to higher ed and workforce training for millions of students. Those findings line up with numbers at the 14 universities in the Pennsylvania State System of Higher Education, which reported enrollment declines of 5.4% this fall. You know what I always say to my kids? Tell me. They say, well, I don't want to go back to school. So this this was the case when they were in second grade or now that they're in college. And I say, well, you could stay at home, but you would get dumber. <laughs> Number two. Japanese princess Mako, niece of Emperor Naruhito, quietly married a commoner without traditional wedding celebrations today. The marriage was delayed three years and has been called unfit. Because he's a commoner. Mm-hmm. When they say quietly, was it just a hush-hush no ceremony? ceremony? 
quietly. The AP reports that marriage to Kay Kimura cost former Princess Mako her royal status, mm. and she has taken her husband's surname. There was no wedding banquet or other marriage rituals for the couple, and their marriage is not publicly celebrated. But listen to this, quote, For me, Kaysan is a priceless person. For us, our marriage was a necessary choice to live while cherishing our hearts. That's what Mako told a televised news conference. Her new husband responded, I love Mako. I live only once, and I want to spend it with someone I love. I hope to have a warm family with her and will continue to do everything to support her. I love it. Mako, who is 30 years old, and Kimura met when they were classmates at Tokyo's International Christian University. Number three. Since that was happy news, this is terrible news because the Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros are going to start the World Series tonight. The worst. The two worst teams. Can you believe it? No. Despair. That's going to happen at Minute Maid Park in Houston. They're going to play games one and two. There you go. The Braves are up here. I don't even want to talk about it. I have stuff about the Braves and the Astros. You know, Forget okay, it. so they're going to meet. They, they both stink. I'm having a junior I'm mint. a junior mint. I'm having better. a junior mint. That's horrible. What a terrible world Forget period. it. I'm going to get a watch. Number four. Go. Mike Tomlin yeah. is not interested in coaching college football. Good. After a former NFL executive launched speculation last week that Tomlin might consider a position coaching USC or LSU, Sports outlets have been talking all about the possibility. Listen, that was the dumbest idea. Mm, yeah, it sure was. There's Un- people too much time on their hands. I know. Until today, when at his news press conference, which, by the way, is must-see TV or must-listen radio each week because Tomlin is just that great, mm-hmm. he unloaded as only he can. And I wish we had a clip of it because it is so epic. Quote, I don't have time for that speculation. He said, that is a joke. I have one of the best jobs in all of professional sports. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? That'll be the last time I address it, not only today, but moving forward. Never say never, but never. <laughs> That's good. Tom is in his 15th season with the Steelers and had his contract extended in the offseason through the 2024 season. He has a 148-81-1 regular season record. Has never had a losing season with the Steelers. Quote, Anybody have any? Anybody else have any questions about any college jobs? He said, "There's not a booster with a big enough blank check." Ye. And that is your top four. Bring it. That four. Very nice. Seriously, yeah. he is the greatest. He is my favorite coach of all time. I love him. Hey, you may have made history there. Why? Because you may have been the first person to ever uh, read the news and eat junior mints at the same time. <laughs> just saying. And it happened just because I was so sick of the World Series thing. I just had. I, I appreciate you passing me a junior mint so I could enjoy something in life. Tomorrow, uh, during the news, I'll give you some dots. <laughs> we'll just continue the trend. Coming up next, buying a home. Yay. 101.5 WORD. Blessed, happy, makarios are the meek. He's telling us about power that is harnessed by the Holy Spirit. Power that is under the control of the Holy Spirit. Power that is subdued and surrendered to the Spirit. Be challenged this week on Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. 
tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement offer valid through 123121. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That is windowsrspittsburgh.com. There's one box that you'd run back into your burning house to grab. It's the box filled with your videotapes, film reels, and photos. Those sentimental, meaningful, irreplaceable moments. Hi, I'm Nick Mako. And I'm Adam Baselogger. We started Legacy Box over a decade ago so that we could help families save their memories from being destroyed by floods or fires. And it's not just natural disasters, Adam. Every day, videotapes and photos are slowly fading away, decaying, neglected in closets and attics. Digitizing your old media stops fading, and preserving those recordings means they are safe forever. It's like magic converting your shoebox of memories into digital files ready to watch and share. It's the only way to ensure your legacy is safe for generations. That's why over a million families have already trusted Legacy Box. Legacy Box is simple and easy, it works, and is safe. We'd love to preserve your family's collection. Don't wait. The risk is too great. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 40%. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get started and save. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. a house is weird. I mean, for years, this is no secret to anybody in Western Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh was one of the most inexpensive places to buy a home. Mm-hmm. It just was, for whatever reason, right? Now, all of a sudden, because of COVID, home prices have, in some cases, doubled or more. I don't know what the rhyme and reason is, but Michelle Van Loon is with us, and she has a story to tell on the opposite end. Michelle Van Loon's a regular guest on our show, the author of five books, including our most recent, Becoming Sage, Cultivating Meaning, Purpose, and Spirituality in Midlife. Hey, Michelle. It's good to see you. How are you? Hi, you guys. Hey. I was a little envious of before the break about the Junior Mints mm. being shared. Because those are my favorite movie candy. There they are. So, they? yum. <laughs> don't wait for the movie, Michelle. We're, yeah, don't wait for the movie. We're saluting our listener, Shay, today for providing us with Junior Mints. And not just one box for us to share. We, each one of us got our own box. Yeah. And see, I'm just making that Michelle. Is- see, Michelle said she was feeling badly, and here I am making her feel worse. Yeah, that's yeah, terrible. <laughs> All right, Michelle. Well, okay, so let's go back. Um, 
So we're talking about home prices changing here in Western Pennsylvania so dramatically. Your own personal story, you you experienced this on really the terrible end of it. Talk about what this was like for you and how you ended up where you are. It's a little surreal to be watching what's been happening in real estate, not just where you guys are, but across the country in most places, people are getting, you know, above their asking price. They're, the people are writing letters and sending messenger pigeons and all kinds of things to try to get their um, offer on a house accepted. Um, and so prices are zooming right now. And it's interesting in kind of a surreal way that just a decade ago, we were riding the crest of the housing market collapse after the kind of the great recession, the subprime mortgage mortgage crisis. There was a lot of stuff that all coalesced in 2008 in our country and the effects continued then for the next several years. And um, so in 2006, we were living in a far flung suburb of Chicago and it was time to buy a house. We had relocated. And so we bought at what was then a, the peak of the real estate market. And we paid, I'll just give the numbers. They sound ridiculous in today's market, but we paid $193,000 for a, just a townhouse in that was about an hour Northwest of Chicago. So it wasn't even a great location. Six years later, in 2012, it had lost two-thirds of its value. Oh, my, oh my gosh. When we sold, we, we did a short sale, and it was a, an anguishing, confusing, extended, terrifying process. Um, we, the house sold for eighty-three dollars or $86,000. Oh we lost a lot of money. Yeah. And we're not wealthy people. Um, I kind of walked through the process, my husband and I, I say I, but it was my husband and I trying to figure out what made sense. We were trapped with a house. I just looked this morning knowing I was going to be talking to you guys to see what Zillow says that that property is worth today. It still has not fully recovered the value of what we paid for it. 15 years ago. Oh my so, gosh. So uh, how do you navigate through that? I'm sure that, you know, it's cataclysmic, Michelle. Uh, you're carrying the burden with you even still to this day, uh, psychologically, financially, and spiritually. Something like that. I mean, it's changed your life forever. You, how do you recover from something like that? I, I think there are people that are listening that walked through this as well. Um, and it is, it is very traumatic. Now, it's one thing if you're in your early 30s and you have pretty good earning potential and, you know, you've got good health and energy and it's easier to absorb a loss like that. But people who were already on the edge or um, approaching retirement age, we were in our mid 50s when this happened. And, um, you know, there isn't a there isn't as much runway left to sure. be able to take off into a new chapter. Right. So, right. Um, 
it was it was really really difficult um i i wrestled with the ethical nature of um going through a short sale when we maybe could have continued to pay our mortgage but did it make sense to to pay a mortgage on a property that wasn't worth anything i mean literally wasn't worth anything the house right next to us had been condemned by the city. It was it was just a really difficult um, time, and so we can say the rosy. You know, God works all things together for good. We, you know, you can see that on plaques and on coffee mugs, but there is a deeper reality. It absolutely, it's true. God does work things together for our good for his purposes in our lives nothing was wasted but it certainly did kind of help or hasten the process of not necessarily being completely invested in the pattern of the american dream that we've taken for granted and if there's a piece of learning for somebody that's bidding you know, in a bidding war on a piece of real estate now, and maybe it's not working out, trying to make sense of what the right thing to do is, is to be able to just divest a little bit emotionally from that, the urgency of buying and selling, and invite God into the process of what is he doing? What is he trying to work in my life in your life? So Michelle, taking the beating that you have, you and your husband, obviously it changed your plans and it altered your future as well, right? What, what's, ha- what's happened? <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> oh, and then some. Um, that's the other thing. Depending on how wedded you are to being able to plan the future, by the time I had gotten to that point in my life, I had already learned that my ideas, if I had plans for the future, I needed to write them very lightly in pencil and make sure that there was a stack of erasers handy um, right nearby. So I wasn't like, I have a plan and I'm going to work the plan and here's my one year and five year and 10 year goal. I, enough other things had happened to kind of teach me that that wasn't necessarily um, a healthy strategy. So it also helped me not be surprised when the plans changed. There were still plans though. Obviously we were paying a mortgage and we kind of imagined that the next step would be, you know, maybe selling the house as we got to retirement. Well, we ended up because our credit was trashed. We ended up having to go from rental to rental in a very expensive Chicago market until we got to the end of that time, my husband was shifting his work situation and we ended up then moving to a mobile home community in Florida. And lo and behold, many of the people that we're finding here, meeting here, are people that have been in the same situation we have, approached retirement, lost a home to foreclosure or short sale and had to drastically downscale what they imagined this stage of their life would be. Wow. 
Michelle Van Loon is with us. Michelle's the author of an absolutely terrific book called Becoming Sage, Cultivating Meaning, Purpose, and Spirituality in Midlife. And she's kind of giving us a different perspective on the real estate market and the crazy things that are going on, not just um, here in Western Pennsylvania, but around the country. So uh, only a minute or so left, Michelle. Um, What's the takeaway for listeners? Is it just to kind of, you know, back off and like get a meta perspective before you sink a ton of money into something you can't afford? I couldn't have said it better myself. It's hard. Like if you've got a young family and you're building a future, it's, it's really hard to say, maybe we need to scale back what we're doing so that we don't get sucker punched. Everything that's happened in these last, in the last 15 years or so, you know, there's a surprise around every corner economically and in the job market. And so um, some prudence and um, holding those plans lightly because God is still at work. None of this was a surprise to him. And he has been faithful, but it hasn't been easy. Right. Okay. So, but there have been, despite all the hardship that you've faced, you do see some goodness in there. I mean, I, I know people say all things work together for the good of God, but boy, right. it's got to be brutal for you to you know climb out of this. Yes. Well, I don't even know if we're trying to climb out as much as to just cultivate faithfulness at this point in the situation that we are. Um, it doesn't look, I don't know if we ever had an idea of what retirement years would look like. We're, we're not quite there. My husband and I are both still working. We're going to have to as long as we can. Yeah. But um, to be able to just accept this is what daily bread looks like today. It isn't necessarily a whole bakery full of, of bread, but it's what we need. And I don't, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it because it. It was hard, and it was very hard watching our life savings kind of evaporate overnight. Yeah, Yeah. but I'm here. I'm still here. And doing excellent things and writing, and thanks for being a part of our show as well, Michelle. It's just been so much fun to get to know you better over these last couple months, so I'm really glad for that. Yeah. You guys are great. Be well, and listeners. Stay well. Okay, Stay well. and Thank don't pay and don't pay too much for your next house. That's Michelle Van Loon. Yeah. <laughs> She's the author of five books, including the most recent, Becoming Sage, Cultivating Meaning, Purpose, and Spirituality in Midlife. Thanks, Michelle. Bye. We'll take a quick break, step away. We're going to talk about the Bible. That's next on The Ride Home. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers, and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting The Ride Home. You know, one of the hardest things we do at Bible League is we tell Bibleists, waiting Christians, no. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth, and I'm so grateful that our two ministries have partnered to address the other pandemic. You know, as many as 9 of 10 Christians in places like Asia, Africa, the Middle East, and Latin America are denied God's Word. They simply cannot open their Bibles on a daily basis and be reminded of God's precious promises. Like in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your cares on Him, for He cares for you. And so I'm grateful for people like Steve, Teresa, and 
and Bob who have all gotten involved as Bible senders. We're more than halfway to our goal of 5,000 Bibles, but we need to wrap up in the coming days, and frankly, we're still far from that goal. Pray about it, and then please make your most generous gift at $5 a Bible by calling 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give at wordfm.com. I've seen people being changed by reading the scripture. Giving a Bible to somebody is the greatest gift you can give somebody in life. Hi, we're Katie and Ryland Weber, the founders of Convive Coffee. For more than five years, the heart of Convive has been to serve our community by sharing life and great coffee together. Sourcing beans from around the world, Convive Coffee samples and roasts right here in Pittsburgh. Come visit your local Convive Cafe at Adam's Shops in Mars, McCandless Crossing, and Butler Street in Lawrenceville. We hope to see you soon at Convive Coffee. This entertainment answer brought to you by Exergen. The new trailer for Being the Ricardos was released last week. The film is a revealing glimpse of Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball's romantic and professional relationship. Enjoy the soul! I had no idea it was going to be a hit. As a fan of both Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem, I'm excited about this one. Plus, it is penned and directed by the great Aaron Sorkin. Being the Ricardos releases in theaters and Amazon Prime in December. And for more information, head over to theentertainmentanswer.com. Your life, your hopes, and whatever you are searching for at 1.15 a.m., it's really none of our business, and it shouldn't be anyone else's. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Hurry, kids, we're late for school. Dance practice, move it. Um, Mom, I'm supposed to be at karate. Find out how other families have dealt with the crisis of chaos on our online parenting forum. Just go to family.org slash parenting. Focus on the family. Helping families thrive. It'll be breezy this evening. Otherwise, we'll see low clouds. Expect a low of 44. Mostly cloudy skies for tomorrow. The high 57. Partly cloudy tomorrow night with a low of 43. Thursday will be mostly cloudy. We'll see a high of 63. Expect rainy weather late Thursday night through Friday afternoon. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Last week, we spent some time talking with Michael Woolworth about the Bible League. And our goal is that 5,000 people will get a Bible based upon your kindness and generosity. We are, however, uh, well short of that goal. Michael's back with us for a few minutes to talk about this. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Hey, John Kath. Hey, thanks for uh, just a couple of minutes to keep this before your listeners. Yeah, we set a goal before uh, the month of October. We said, can we solve this uh, Bible uh, issue for about uh, 5,000 Bibleist believers. I can tell you last week, uh, John Kat, your listeners were very, very generous. Uh, we ended the, the week at about uh, 3,000 Bibles, uh, about 60% of the way to that goal. But we need to wrap up this week, and we'd love to uh, just give you a quick uh, story of 200 Christians right now that can benefit from your generosity. <clears throat> John Kat, let me just say this. Uh, a man by the name of Tim Bay, <clears throat> 
was the grandson of the village witch doctor uh, in Mozambique, Africa. So growing up, he never knew who Jesus was, had no idea what Christianity was all about. Um, uh, he married eventually, he and his wife had two sons. One day those sons went missing. A search party would find them about two weeks later. They were both tragically dead, uh, killed by the grandfather, part of his world of demons and child sacrifice, put the husband and wife into a severe depression, couldn't even get out of bed in the morning. Um, they did come to Saving Faith. A volunteer from Bible League would introduce them to Christ, uh, take them through our Project Philip study. Would you know that these two have been trained to, to uh, lead that study? They've been doing that all over the Shai Shai district of Mozambique. And as people hear their story of tragedy and yet hope, they want to know, who is this Jesus? We want this Jesus. And so, John Cath, that's a story of about 200 Christians right now who have come to Saving Faith through the story of Timbe, and they're praying for Bibles. And then it's, a, of course, part of the uh, the bigger goal of 5,000 uh, Bibles that we want to put in the hands and hearts of believers around the world. So we wrap up this Sunday. We're 60% of the way there, grateful for every gift. But we're praying that for some of you that may have said, you know, I'll, I'll call when I get around to it. Please get around to it this week. And we'll rejoice once we hit this goal on Sunday. WordFM.com. Go online to WordFM.com and click the banner at the top of the page that talks about Bible League International. You can give your gift there. Also, you can dial 1-800-YES-WORD. $5, only $5, buys a Bible for a believer in some other part of the globe who has never had access to one before. Very nice. We're deeply invested in the integrity of the Bible League and the global outreach that they have to uh, allow and equip new Christians to read God's mm-hmm. holy word. So please, WordFM.com or or 1-800-YES-WORD is the number to call. Whether it's $100 or $500 or $1,000, please help us to meet this goal of 5,000 Bibles. The, the need is so incredibly great, and I know that you love and use your Bible, so pass this gift along as well. 101.5 WORD. If you're a Christian, Jesus Christ is your source of energy and strength. But how do you tap into his power? How do you surrender to him and still take responsibility for your own spiritual growth? Consider that as John MacArthur continues his study from Ephesians 6, titled The Believer's Armor. That's this week on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement offer valid through 123121. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That is windowsruspittsburgh.com. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. 
It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. Whether you're vaccinated or not, it's important to know the symptoms of COVID and its variants. Fever is the leading sign of COVID and the flu. So make sure you use an accurate thermometer. Only the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate with more than 100 clinical studies. Non-contact thermometers have no clinical evidence behind them and are not reliable. Be vigilant and seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Learn more at exergen.com. Okay, this is weird. Um, A new study shows that strange radio signals are coming from the center of the galaxy, but astronomers are not sure what is emitting them. I mean, is it like... Old pirate games? Is it Bob Prince? Is it Merkel and Dixon? Is it, you know, something that's what? A mystery. Well, Hugh Ross is with us. Hugh Ross is a regular guest on our show. He is the founder president of Reasons to Believe. And Hugh, I love a mystery, and I hope that you can provide us with some answers. Well, it's right up my alley. Uh, I'm a radio astronomer, and this is a discovery made by a team of radio astronomers from around the world. All right, Hugh, so tell us about it. So so how were these radio waves first detected? Well, they were detected by an unusual array in Australia. It's an enormous array of small radio telescopes. And uh, they picked this thing up, and they tried to see if they could see it other wavelengths. That's what's got the astronomy community so mystified. It doesn't show up at X-ray wavelengths. It's not showing up at infrared wavelengths. It's only showing up at radio wavelengths. However, it's a variable source that goes on and off, uh, even at radio wavelengths. So they're kind of mystified what could be the source. But I read the peer-reviewed paper, and what caught my eye is a very high degree of circular polarization, 25%. That's very high, and the only objects that are known to manifest that high of a degree of circular polarization are pulsars and black holes. And uh, it's not quite at the galactic center. It's about four degrees off of the galactic center. But it is in our galactic plane. And uh, we know that's a very dense region of stars. So I'm wondering if we're looking either at a pulsar or maybe more likely a a small black hole. Because one thing we know about the supermassive black hole, the center of our galaxy, it's surrounded by a cloud of comets and asteroids. And when it sucks one of those in, uh, you get a flash. So I'm wondering this explains the variability we're seeing and why we're only seeing it at radio wavelengths. I see. Okay, so Hugh, whenever I hear this, of course, my first thought, and I'm sure people are think, oh, is this an alien? You're saying that there's no way. There's no way. I mean, it's completely random. They admit that in the paper. There's not even a hint in the paper uh, that this is possibly some intelligent signal. And incidentally, it's coming from a part of our galaxy where intelligent life is utterly impossible. So that's not a consideration. But they're thinking maybe we've discovered a new kind 
of astronomical object. Uh, but having read the paper, I'm thinking maybe what they're seeing uh, is a small black hole uh, that's pulling in uh, objects that are like comets and asteroids. Uh, that would explain the flashes they're seeing. Also explain why there seems to be a very steep spectrum uh, to the radiation they're seeing is dropping off rapidly with wavelength. So as a radio astronomer, I think that's what they're seeing. I see. But I do agree with their conclusion. A lot more observations are needed to see what's really going on. Astronomer Hugh Ross is with us, founder and president of Reasons to Believe, an organization dedicated to integrating scientific fact and biblical faith. Hugh has written a bunch of books, including Weathering Climate Change, Why the Universe is the Way It Is, and Navigating Genesis. Um, So can you talk to us about black holes? When you say it could be a little black hole, um, what exactly is a black hole and where where does it come from? And can they just pop up? Well, uh, this is what's called a stellar mass black hole. I mean, black holes have to be a minimum of about three times the mass of our star the sun. Uh, a star smaller than that will never become a black hole. It could become a neutron star, but not a black hole. And a black hole, by definition, is an object that's so uh, massive and dense uh, that its gravity pulls everything into it, even light itself. So once you get closer to what's called the event horizon, nothing can escape from the black hole. At least not in a short time frame. Stephen Hawking said eventually black holes become white holes, but not until a minimum of 10 to the 66 years have gone by. And that's a way older than the age of the universe. So all black holes are still black. I see. So you, I, we love when you join us because, you, quite honestly, you talk about things that are beyond us, beyond my understanding, even the most basic understanding. But as you you think about the enormity and the complexity of God's creation within the universe, and you talk about these radio waves, what exactly does that mean for us as believers? Well, I wrote an article in a peer-reviewed secular journal uh, just a few months ago. I think it was called black holes as evidence of God's care. I was amazed that they actually allowed me to make a link between the science of black holes and its philosophical implications. It's an open access article. Anybody can read it for free. And there I go into the fact that when we look at black holes, we see that we're living in a galaxy that's like no other galaxy. We live in a big spiral galaxy, and every other big spiral galaxy we look at has got a gigantic supermassive black hole. Ours is the only one that doesn't. Moreover, ours is the only one that's in a quiet phase now. I mean, yeah, we do see variations uh, of radiation from our supermassive black hole, but they're all at such a small level uh, that there's no risk of it ever impacting advanced life on planet Earth. We don't see that in other galaxies. Other galaxies are supermassive black hole is not just sucking in objects the size of asteroids and comets, but of whole stars. And when that happens, you get a very dangerous flare. So I basically make the point, number one, we need black holes. Black holes and the merger of black holes are the only objects that make elements, what are called R-process elements. I won't get into the details, but it's about a quarter of the elements in the periodic table, and many of them are crucial for advanced life to exist. Um, There are metals in your body that only come 
uh, from these black hole merger events. So we can thank God for black holes, uh, but black holes are also incredibly dangerous. But we happen to be living at a special time, at a special place in this vast universe where the black holes are just right to make life optimal for us here at planet Earth. That's why I titled my paper, uh, Black Holes, Evidence for God's Care. Hugh, you used the term dangerous flash when you were talking about other galaxies and the size of their black holes and and the size of the one in our uh, galaxy being different. What does that mean? Well, uh, black holes have this intense gravitational pull, and uh, when they uh, pull a big object towards it, just before it gets to the event horizon where it gets permanently sucked in, the mass of that object gets converted into pure energy with anywhere between 10 and 40% efficiency. And to put that in context, the efficiency with which the nuclear furnace in our sun converts matter into energy is only 0.07%. So quasars are the brightest objects in the universe, and the radiation they pour out is incredibly deadly. So, Hugh... Talk about the time of the universe and our time in it. I mean, we think about, you know, uh, forever and ever, amen. Uh, Even though we are living, as you say, in this optimal space, in this very specific time, and there are these perfect conditions, I mean, uh, a year is still a year, but at some point, that will disappear, won't it? Yes. I mean, uh, we're living in a narrow time window in which our black hole is especially quiescent. That's not going to last forever. Uh, we're going to leave that quiescent phase. And as uh, and incidentally, uh, the Andromeda galaxy, which is another big galaxy that's close to us, its black hole uh, is about uh, 40 times bigger than ours, uh, but it's also in a quiescent phase. So the two galaxies that are most at risk to disturbing our civilization both of them right now, coincidentally, are at this very quiescent phase. Mm. But if that ever changes, we're in trouble. Right. Okay, so then you think about what we're used to, right? You know, the glory and the beauty of God's natural creation, or Michelangelo, or, you know, name any great work Paris. of literature, right? Paris at sunset, all those things. They'll disappear. These are things that we cling to, that we prize highly as human beings, especially as believers in God's creation, but it's all temporal. You see, however, a very larger, wider picture, and especially being a believer, the eternal perspective as well. I do, because uh, in a book I put out, Improbable Planet, and another one I got coming out in a few months called Design to the Core, I make the point there's over a dozen narrow time windows, all independent of one another, that right now all simultaneously overlap. Mm. And so the conditions we're experiencing, they're not the norm. They're the exception. And we're talking over a dozen exceptional time windows, all very narrow, all coincidentally overlapping one another. To me, this is evidence for the fingerprint of God. He set this up and prepared us. And by the way, all those narrow time windows line up at the optimal time in the history of the universe and the optimal time in the history of our sun. This can't be an accident. 
Oh, glory to God. Yeah. So, all right, Hugh, we only have a couple minutes left. Um, I guess I want to ask you about your, I don't know, where you see the conversation between science and faith going in um, the Western world right now. You know, we've talked so much over the years about the conflicts or the alleged conflict between the two and how you've dedicated your professional life to trying to explain to people that there there doesn't have to be a conflict between science and faith. Um, that they're on parallel tracks. Can you talk about where, like how, how the conversation you feel is going? And I'm guess I'm asking about scientific circles and, um, scientists discussing faith. And I'm asking about faith circles, faithful people discussing science. Well, I'm actually starting a book called dual revelation where I'm talking about, uh, the integration between the book of nature and the book of scripture. And what's motivating me to write that book Number one, I see in the secular scientific community a growing awareness of how the book of nature affirms what the book of Scripture has been teaching for thousands of years. But I'm seeing in the conservative theological community an abandonment of dual revelation, where they're saying, hey, we don't see a way to reconcile the science in the Bible with what we see in the record of nature, and therefore, they're adopting theological perspectives, like we have to interpret the Bible so that it has no science content, no content on creation. Uh, and therefore, I'm basically trying to communicate through this book, there's no need for that concession, uh, that if we really understand what the book of nature is teaching, understand what the book of Scripture is teaching, we're seeing increasing evidence for their compatibility, not decreasing. But to me, the irony is, I'm seeing secular scientists getting on board with the model we've adopted at Reasons to Believe. Uh, it's pastors and theologians that are abandoning it. And, but, of course, they're the people that have n- not nearly the scientific training as the science professionals out there. So I'm trying to get the word out to them, look, uh, the science is on our side. There's no need to be frightened. And we need to use this science to bring people to faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. Hugh, you are the rare guest Mm -hmm. who makes me feel so tiny physically, but so great eternally. Wow, that's a great compliment. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It's always our pleasure, Hugh. Thanks for being with us. Hugh Ross from Reasons to Believe. It is an organization dedicated to integrating scientific fact and biblical faith. Do yourself a favor. Look up Hugh. You'll find the multitudinous, wonderful books that he's written. He is uniquely singular. He truly is. Take a break. Come back. James Street Tavern on the north side. Coming back. Should I refinance or should I just ignore all these annoying commercials? Here's Uncle Ryan. I think of one friend in particular. He refinanced maybe three or four years ago. He got a very good interest rate at the time. And he's like, should I do it again? I don't want to be bothered with the hassle. And I looked into it. He originally, three or four years ago, did a 30-year loan. And with rates coming down over the last couple of years, we actually ended up putting him into a 20-year term. He cut about six or seven years off his mortgage. And his payments stayed identical. Over the long haul, he's saving tens of thousands of dollars. And is it worth it? The answer is every single situation is different. So it's definitely worth it to look into, even if you have refinanced recently. Not only that, it might only take you personally an hour or two worth of work throughout the entire process. And we handle everything else. We are United Faith Mortgage. 
United Mortgage Corp, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. And Mike has a great offer for word listeners on his standard MyPillows. You'll receive a standard MyPillow regularly $69.98, now only $19.98. You'll also receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products such as MyPillow Tiles, Mattress Topper, My Slippers, and so much more. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to receive Mike's standard MyPillow for just $19.98 or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. MyPillow's made in the USA, comes with a 10-year warranty so you know it's going to last and a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want but need. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his standard MyPillow. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or call 800-391-0954. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash HR. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. James Street Tavern on the north side which for many years was a gathering spot of jazz musicians, both local musicians and national musicians. But uh, like a lot of places, whether it was COVID or not, it's gone by the wayside. It's hard. They're just, you know, it's at the corner of James and Forland in the north side. It's not um, on the main street. And it, people just don't go out to hear music like they used to. Right. I mean, we have streaming. We have everything we could ever want on our televisions People work long hours, people are obsessed with their phone, and there's just not as much live music. Well, there is some good news, though, because a new loan from the city is part of a $5 million investment to upgrade and reopen the James Street Tavern. Now they're calling it the James Street Gastro Pub and Speakeasy on the north side. That would be great. Yeah. I mean, what the heck, right? I, it's one of these places that's so small. Right, it's so intimate. Mm-hmm. In some ways, the you know the musicians are sitting like right next to you. Right, but man, the the place grooves, doesn't it? I remember um, we went to James Street the night we bought our first house as a celebration. As a celebration, because yep. you bought it on the north side. Yep, Craig Poole was the owner then, and Craig made us like a special dinner to celebrate our first house. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah. It was cute. We showed him the papers and everything. Oh, I love it. It was fun. Yeah, so I spent, my husband and I spent a lot of time at James Street. My husband's a musician, and he played a lot there in those early days. And then it's just like over the last 15 years, the uh, the attention uh, level that people have invested in live music has just consistently gone down. Well, okay, so the James Street Tavern is one of, I would say, what, uh, Park House is over there? 
Yeah. James Street Tavern. Right. Um, Bistro to go. Bistro to go. There's a new, Fig and Ash is a new place that opened up on East Ohio Street. I haven't been there yet. Yeah. So there are some places that still have some vitality. I mean, Park... Wait, uh, didn't the Park House Park close? Park House is closed, but I understand the Park House has... Um, also been purchased, and they're looking for another real... So that, I mean, for years, this is true, the public theater, I think, kept the park house alive. Well, I think the public theater kept James Street alive. Yeah. People would have a, a before-dinner meal Listen, or after-dinner drink. You know, my parents were season ticket holders to the public for yeah. decades, and that was always what they did. You eat at James Street, and then you go see the show. Right. And when the public moved downtown to the cultural district it changed the whole complexion of that area yeah it sure did yeah so um, federal street right mm-hmm. i mean federal street's seen some good times it and has. more bad yeah. times right it seems like it's in a good swing right now good excellent be sure to go which we love yep that's on east ohio street though oh right yeah but it's part of that you mm-hmm. know sort of corridor on the north side right anyway let's take a quick break that was our four o'clock hour we are uh, streaming the word pittsburgh on youtube mm-hmm. and uh, we'll be back to reset for the five o'clock hour we are going to talk about... Um, this is a weird story. People are very concerned about what they put in their body, like from kind of when it comes to a vaccine. Yeah. But what about stuff you buy at Walmart or yeah. Target or on Amazon? Room sprays have proven to be deadly. deadly. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. A powerful storm has begun barreling up the northeastern U.S. coast. Officials warned it could bring intense flooding and hurricane-force wind gusts. The nor'easter had already soaked parts of New Jersey with more than five inches of rain. Republicans take to the House floor to speak out against the Biden agenda. Bernie Bennett has more in this report. During general speeches on the House floor, GOP members spoke directly to voters about the ways the policies of the Biden administration are hurting the nation's economy. Representative Mary Miller of Illinois on the IRS under President Biden. The Biden IRS wants the power to spy on private citizens' bank accounts and monitor their transactions. Representative Dan Muser of Pennsylvania talks about inflation. According to the data, eggs are up 12 percent, bacon is up 20 percent, chicken is up 8 percent. The House has yet to vote on the Democrats' massive reconciliation bill. Bernie Bennett in Washington. This is SRN News. Confused about Medicare? Let me help you navigate the maze. My name is Tom Yakupin, agency owner at West Penn Life and Health in Washington. My staff and I represent several Medicare health plans that you know and trust. And we've helped many people just like you with caring, personal attention. Medicare can be confusing. So now's the time to schedule your meeting with me where you can ask questions and get answers you'll fully understand. Call today and ask for me, Tom Yakupin, at West Penn Life and Health, 724-228-7187. We offer real solutions for life, health, Medicare, and annuities. And we're a member of the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating for a reason. Call West Penn Life and Health right now, 724-228-7187. And ask for me, Tom Yakupin, 724-228-7187. Or find us online at westpenhealth.com. Where can you find a mattress store that truly puts your needs first? Only here at the Original Mattress Factory. Our team is here with a no-pressure approach to help you find the right mattress to meet your unique needs. Whether it's back support, comfort, or long-term durability you're seeking, nobody knows more about what makes a great mattress great. 
We want to make sure you're prepared to make the best choice for you, whether you buy from us or not. Stop by your local OMF store to see the original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. Who doesn't love a good deal? What if you could confidently know that you're getting the best deal on a mattress on any given day, not just during one of those today-only sales? At the Original Mattress Factory, we have something better than a sale. A fair, factory-direct price on excellent quality products for everyone, every day. So you can take your time and buy when you're ready. When you're looking for the best mattress at a great value, come to the Original Mattress Factory first. OriginalMattress.com As America changes in an era of crisis, the mission of the church has never been more clear. It's time for us to saturate the streets with the love of Jesus. Saturate USA is a movement of churches and believers across America, uniting to reach every home with the gospel. At SaturateUSA.org, churches can adopt a zip code and receive free neighborhood maps and evangelistic materials, including Jesus Film DVDs with free online streaming. Join the movement at Saturate USA.org. Coming to Pittsburgh November 4th, the Crowder Milk and Honey Tour. Good God Almighty, I hope Six Steps Records presents the Milk and Honey Tour featuring Sean Currents. Thursday, November 4th, 8 p.m. at Carnegie Music Hall in Oakland. Tickets on sale now at DruskyEntertainment.com. Crowder in concert. Tickets and info at DruskyEntertainment.com. Presented by Drusky Entertainment. It'll be breezy this evening. Otherwise, we'll see low clouds. Expect a low of 44. Mostly cloudy skies for tomorrow. The high 57. Partly cloudy tomorrow night with a low of 43. Thursday will be mostly cloudy. We'll see a high of 63. Expect rainy weather late Thursday night through Friday afternoon. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, thanks for coming along. The Tuesday edition, 5 o'clock hour. We, um... We spent a couple of days uh, at a B and B, and not you and not you and me. No, no, no. My, my <laughs> wife and I, we were at the Let's B&B. Let's just clarify things. We were at the Buell Mansion in Sharon, PA, and um, they had one of those which we never use: the plug-in uh, air uh, cleaner. Oh, the air purifier. No, it's like a freshener. It's, I oh, I hate those. Well, you know what? I was really surprised because I was like. Oh, it's like the that. Glade plug-in type of thing. Well, yeah, and my wife, oh, would be, she would like say the exact same thing to you. Oh, I don't want that thing. Um, but she was kind of like, oh, that's not that bad. Okay, that's good. Which, so it was, like, it was a better one than the one that I have in my head, which I, it was, yeah. kind of smells like, remember the the original Glade ones that were in the, oh, the, the, spray cans. the conical thing? Oh, those things, the wick. Yeah, the wick. Right. You remember, that was the nastiest Air wick smell. solid. It was, it was like a candle that wasn't quite solidified. Mm, yeah, did like, that like ever tip over? It was like, you know, the consistency of it was somewhere between uh, Yankee candle and canned cranberry sauce. <laughs> we, uh. We had a neighbor friend whose cat ate a piece of it. <gasps> yeah, it didn't end well for the little kitty. Because it it's just gross. Drawn towards the scent. Anyway, I, I saw this piece today uh, in the Washington Post. A mysterious fatal infection 
has been tied to room spray sold at Walmart. Is this crazy? Friday, uh, federal authorities warned that a rare bacterial infection that has killed two people and has been tied to an aromatherapy spray sold at Walmart. A total of four people in four states were infected earlier this year by a rare tropical disease. An investigation by the CDC discovered they were exposed to the bacteria by a Better Homes and Garden lavender and chamomile essential oil infused aromatherapy room spray. It's a lot with, of adjectives. Wait, wait <laughs> let me tap it off. Okay. With gemstones. That's what it's called. Here. Wow, Better Home and Gardens lavender and chamomile essential oil infused aromatherapy room spray with gemstones. What the heck is going on there? Anyway, the $4 room spray, four bucks you get all that. For all the gemstones. Was sold at about 55 Walmart stores and online earlier this year. 3,900 bottles have been sold. The infections, of course, stumped the CDC because they had people died and people got sick. So what was the common denominator? Right, and they probably went through everything, like what they ate, what yep. they drank, what's going on environmentally in their house. Yep. They did genetic sequencing of the bacteria strains from the autopsies of the people who passed away. And then they issued an alert. And now the stuff, of course, is being taken off the shelves. But it's interesting. You would spend four bucks... You'd spend $4 on uh, the Better Home and Gardens Lavender and Chamomile Essential Oil Infused Aromatherapy Room Spray with Gemstones. But you might not want to get the shot. Right, because the vaccine is some, is some could hurt you. I don't know. I don't know. I- I want to be respectful of people who, you know, are have not gotten the shot for one reason or another. I get, I get that. I get, you know, everybody's we all, got we, their reason. We all have our perspectives on it. Um, but it's interesting what people will surround themselves. Exactly. with. Exactly. I guess, yeah. My curiosity is the same as yours. So, it, when it comes to the vaccine, no way is that getting anywhere, anywhere near my body. But when it comes to any of these things that are completely and totally unregulated, then I'm just going to use them all up. I guess. Invite them in because they can't hurt you because it's all natural. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, everybody, like you say, has their own reason. But the Better Home and Gardens lavender and chamomile essential oil infused aromatherapy room spray with gemstones. Was not uh, was not a benign thing Wouldn't that you love to see in your house. I'd love to see like a psychological, uh, psychological profile of those who choose to buy that. What does that mean? What is that? What's the common yeah, denominator Well, a lot there? of people who see essential oil... They feel like we're good to go. And, and I know I'm going to get emails from people saying, no, 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 my essential oils aren't the same ones you buy at Walmart. Mine are, I'm, that's fine. Have you been, have you ever had them? Essential oils? Yeah. I don't think I have. Why are they essential? I don't know. They. Ha- we did have a woman on the show to talk about it one time. You don't remember. <laughs> I don't yeah. exactly either. Yeah. I remember that we talked about it though. But why are they essential? That's what I want to I know. I think there's, I am Because they're not essential to me. I think maybe that they're like uh, they have some kind of original basis in like our environment. The only oil that's really essential to me is olive oil. Oh yeah, so you can <laughs> eat mean, more of it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I don't get it. Um, I used to use canola oil a lot. Yeah, and then I read that that wasn't very good for you. So and now so you using same thing you are olive oil. Yeah, now I've moved well, to the how olive can you oil. Come, you know, the Italians they they, they look, look great. And they, they live lo- long. Exactly, and they're very happy. Yeah. Okay, speaking of looking great and living long, I think that that's what listener Shay is doing, looking great and living long. And we thank her because I'm holding in my hand a box of Junior Mints. 
Yep. We talked about Junior Mints on the show the other day, and listener Shay decided not just to like give me a box, not just to give you a box, not just to give Christy a box, but to give each one of us a box. Right. And I unfortunately, during Your the box 4 is o'clock empty. hour, I ate the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I shared a few. You did. That was right. nice of you. Okay. So now I'm going to talk about a Porsche Cayenne. And the hopes that someone would pass that along. Yeah, right. <laughs> Shay's like, look, that was the extent of my game. I'm, anyway, I'm not saying Shay. That's I'm... sweet. It's the Shay edition of the ride home. Yeah. You opening those? No. What? No, I can't open them because I'm going to eat dinner in a couple hours. I can't be eating these. Right. Hey, let me say one other thing. I want to say happy anniversary to my husband. Hey, happy anniversary. We to celebrated you guys. our anniversary over the weekend, uh, and we had a terrific time. Is this uh, anniversary number six? This is anniversary number. 29. 29. 29. It's like over 10,000 days. That's good. I, I don't remember the exact figure that right now. That is really, but... really... Congratulations on 29 years. Thank you very much. Great. How long were you engaged? Three months. How long did you date? Well, we dated for three months. We were engaged for not eight months, I think. Okay. So less than a year less than from a the year. time that you first dated. Yeah. And then you said, I do. Yeah. That's pretty fast. It is pretty fast. Was there a shotgun involved? There was no shotgun involved. Okay. No, we Good. did not have a child for six years. So. <laughs> that had been a very long gestation period. Wait, tell the story again, because this is one of my favorite stories. What story? About the idea of having a baby. Oh, God. All right. So we got, when Eric and I got married, yeah. we never talked about having kids. Just we, never talked about it. It just never came up. We just never, never talked. came up. We it never did. We were we were excited about being married, and we Six we years. were like we were super like double income, no kids people. We yeah. were like we Living were we spent a lot of time out in Pittsburgh. We going spent a clubs. lot of time going to clubs. We listened to a lot of music. We went to see a lot of shows. We were both working, and we both went back to school. We did, anyway. It just never came. never had, it just never came. Nobody up. ever said, "What do you think about having a baby?" Nobody, nobody ever, ever said that. How can that even be? I just, I I'm know. shocked by that. I don't know. So then what happened? I don't know. So one pregnant. day, no, one day we were driving back from Lancaster. We were seeing Eric's parents. We were yeah. going through the double tunnel on the turnpike. Oh, yeah, know it well. Uh, going west. And I said, well, you know, because we've been married for five years. I said, well, you know, what do you think about me? Maybe one of these days, you know, we should have kids. And Eric was like. Oh, I don't want to have kids. Just as you're going through the tunnel, right. it's very like very like cinematic in some way. It's like very, very there's a lot of psychology in there. Just as you're going into the tunnel, yeah. uh, let's have a baby. What? I don't want to have kids. And I was like, he didn't want to have kids. What? And he said, I love kids. My husband's a teacher. He said, I love kids, but I'm with kids all day. Yeah. I, I don't want to have kids. And I was like, Oh my god, what are you talking about? And he was like, What are you talking about? And then it was like all of a sudden we were at an impasse. Crisis. Yeah. How long did that last? Well, we I mean we had a baby a year later, so it oh, must not have lasted. Wasn't that much long, of an impasse. <laughs> but it was really it was very ridiculous that we had never t- talked about I that. I would think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're getting married, you should talk about that. Mm, yeah, might be possible. You should. All right, it's the aromatherapy gemstones edition. No, it's the Shea All right. edition. All right. It's the right home. One oh one point five W O R D. This week on Insight for Living from Chuck Swindoll. People watch us. People aren't interested in a sermon. They aren't interested in your testimony or a lot of your words. They're interested in your life. They're watching your life. Our in-depth study in the book of Matthew continues Monday through Friday on Insight for Living with Chuck Swindoll. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. 
pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. Pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old-time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course, we have great eats inside, too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. We all know health care costs are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496. With today's technology, anyone can take a video. But getting it ready for primetime, that's something many churches aren't equipped to handle. Here at Salem Video, we offer churches everything they need to go from rough cut to picture lock. With your raw footage, we can produce great-looking videos for your social media, podcast, website, and even live service element. From text animation, visual effects, transitions, logos, music, and more, here's where we put it all together. What can Salem Video do for you? Ask GM Brad Marshall at 412-503-4770. How many times a day do you think you roll your eyes? Oh, that... Always. Sometimes I roll my eyes so hard, I think they're going to pop out of my sockets. Mm-hmm. You can give yourself a headache doing right. that, John. I mean, you read things and you think, that's crazy or that's absurd or yeah. that doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense at all. Well, Tim Mulehoff is with us. Tim is a regular guest on our show. I believe Tim is a font of wisdom and good sense here today to talk to us about that's absurd, the difference between responding and reacting. Dr. Mulehoff, welcome. Oh, it's great to be with you guys. Now, um, wait, no, wait, hold on. I'm going to break in here, Tim. I know. Because John know. has outed me. I do that all. I mean, I, we can't react to everything verbally. So sometimes when you read something that's ridiculous, you just have to jump in. You just have to, you, it's, something has to happen, right? It's right. like, you know, for every right. opposite action, there's a reaction. It just has to be. Are you saying that I shouldn't be doing that, Tim? Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. Okay, see you later. Okay, we're, we're done. My work's done. No, so uh, a friend of mine sent me uh, a link, and this is what the link said. Public university rules now prohibit offensive facial expressions. <laughs> and next to it, he's, next to it, he wrote, we've lost our minds. Mm. Okay, so I click on the link. 
And this is uh, apparently administrators at the University of Montana Western had pub uh, published a policy in which students can be disciplined or even suspended for making certain facial expressions. Then the guy who wrote this blog post adds this comment. When George Orwell famously wrote about a dystopian future where every thought is monitored, he shouldn't have said it in Great Britain. It would have been much more accurate had he instead written about American college campuses. So I look at this, Kathy, I do exactly what you do. I roll my eyes and go, this is ridiculous. I'm gonna pass it on to friends who are concerned. And then the Holy Spirit shows up. No, no. And the Holy Spirit said, yeah, don't you hate that? The Holy Spirit says, wait a minute, what's the other side to this? Yeah. Like there's gotta be another side. Remember Proverbs 18, 17, the first to present his yes. case seems yep. right. Yep. And then another cross examines. Mm -hmm. So I'll give the person credit who wrote the original blog post because they actually had a hyperlink that you can go to Montana Western's code of civility. And when you go to the code of civility, they introduce you to different expectations that faculty, staff, and students should have when having disagreements. And here they are. First, trust. Talk to, not about other people. Listen. Employ active listening by giving undivided attention to speakers. Understand. View conflicts as learning opportunities and responsibility. Be accountable and take ownership of all your communication. Now, I'm sitting there as a communication professor going, uh, that's not bad. I, yeah. I kind of like every one of those, but where's the facial expression? Right. Thing? Where is that? Right, right. Here it comes. It's under trust. And this is literally a quote from Montana Western's Code of Civility. When discussions become heated and passionate, they should never become mean, nasty, or vindictive in spoken or printed or emailed words, facial expressions, or gestures. That's it. That's, that's it. That's all they say. So I get a link uh, with with clickbait, right? Public universities rule now prohibit offensive facial features, and they compare it to George Orwell, and I'm ready to go. Right. I'm like, this, this is woke gone wrong. This is coddling the upcoming generation. And then I go to civility standards, and I got to tell you, I like every single one of them. Yeah. yeah. Right. My first so, reaction is like, oh, it's like people are looking like kabuki face masks and they got these crazy looks or something like that. And that's right. not allowed. Right. So at the Winsome Conviction Project, we like to say, um, be a chimp, not a rhino. Be a chimp, uh, not a, a rhino. rhino is, yeah, a, a rhino is really nearsighted. It can't see much at a distance, so it rams everything. It just goes ahead and, and rams it. Where a chimp is much more playful, inquisitive. So I'm encouraging your listeners and myself, hey, before we shake our heads and say, I'll tell you what, those liberals, I'll tell you what, that woke stuff is driving me crazy because now you can't make facial expressions or you can get suspended. And that is where we've got to stop and say, we have to afford goodwill to the other people yes. that, listen, they're not idiots. And I really like their civility standards. So now my temptation is to be a rhino towards the person who sent the link right right now i want to go full rhino on that person but then it's like but what's their perspective right okay right? Tim, what is so what's happened right i'm glad you bring this up because i mean years ago i bet you this has been 18 or 19 years ago 
I knew somebody who was involved in, you know, a, a workplace incident, and then the guy got fired, and then all of a sudden, literally, this is like, you know, the internet was almost a baby, but not quite. 18 or 19 years ago, the guy got fired, and it became like a drudge report story. It went national. But because I knew what was going on, the backstory, when I'm reading the, what happened on the drudge report story, I'm thinking... That's not true at all. There's a complete and total disconnect. And it helped me tremendously in those intervening years because what you read in the story, even the headline or the subheadline or the story itself, oftentimes really isn't the truth. Yeah, years ago, I mean, my goodness, I've been at Biola University 17 years. And early on, a reporter from a national newspaper kind of made a snarky comment about Biola University. We invited her to come to campus. And to her credit, she came and stayed for a week. Cool. Lived wow. in the dorms, ate in the cafeteria, went to classes. And later she just said, you know what? I'm really sorry. This was ignorant on my part. Mm. Um, th- that, was, that was the worst possible interpretation I gave to conservative Christians. And now having spent time with you, I- I'm prepared to take it back. There's still things we disagree on. I'm still pro-choice. I'm still pro-same-sex uh, marriage. But now having lived with you guys, I realized that I was not charitable in my uh, estimation of you. And that's what we want to return is let's be, ch- when there's something that doesn't make any sense, like this is crazy, then let's pause and say, but maybe I need to do a little bit of investigating and give the benefit of the doubt to the other person. Mm-hmm. And in today's internet, man, we can do that research mm-hmm. pretty easy. It took me one click to go to Montana Western's civility statement, read it, and say, uh, man, that was, a, that was a harsh interpretation of their civility. Facial expressions is mentioned once. And he made it seem like, no, I still have concerns, right? Who, who constitute what facial expression could be disciplined. African-American students regularly report and studies show they are often misinterpreted for their resting face position as being seen as aggressive and angry when in fact they're not at all. So yeah, the devil's in the details, but I think I can tip my hat to Montana Western and say, I kind of wish those were Biola's civility standards. I want to applaud you in your attempt to work against the argument culture. Dr. Tim Muehlhoff is with us, professor of communication at Biola University, author of Winsome Persuasion, Christian Influence in a Post-Christian World, which was selected by CT for its Book of the Year Award um, in a category of evangelism and apologetics. But his latest book is called Winsome Conviction, Disagreeing Without Dividing the Church. Okay, I'm going to stick with the church here for a minute, because when you were talking about Tim taking the very worst possible take on an issue. I feel like right now, particularly on Twitter, Christians are at the top of the list of people who are doing this. I mean, when it comes to issues of theological difference, um, differences of biblical interpretation, or differences of um, progressiveness or non-progressiveness, I feel like Christians are literally ready to eat each other in that social media platform. And Kathy, we're missing a golden opportunity. I think I shared on this program last time I was on, 98% of Americans believe that incivility is a threat to this country. And 67% believe we're at crisis levels already. 
So the church has an opportunity to step up and say, we are convicted people. We have uh, confessional beliefs. We have personal beliefs. But we are also committed in how we talk to each other. Like, I want to share with people that when we talk about C.S. Lewis's hallway of faith, mm -hmm. these are things you have to believe to be a, a Christian. I think we need to add relational things to that. Yeah. In other yeah. words, when Peter says, bless those who insult you, Paul says, speak the truth in love. Let me say something fairly bold. It is as much a heresy to not speak truth and love as it is to believe that Christ isn't divine. Yeah, yeah. And so we need to make that hallway bigger, but include the relational aspects that we see you throughout are, the entire You discussion. are so right. Listen, I am on that train. I am absolutely on that train because it is, it, it, it is a negation of people's uh, stated beliefs by how they are interacting with other people who say that they believe in the same Jesus. I mean, it it's not that it calls it into question. It's a negation of it. That is how bad it has become online. Well, and Kathy, Jesus gave you permission to take that stance. Remember in the upper room discourse, he says, listen, here will be a sign that you are in fact Christ followers. Mm, and that is love the love that you have. Yeah, that is the love you have. What is the second great commandment that we love our neighbor as ourselves? And so we have got to go back even to the Ten Commandments. What does it mean to bear false witness against another person? And so we have got to reclaim the way we talk to each other is perhaps, according to Jesus, one of the uh, greatest signs that we're truly Christ followers and that God's spirit resides in us. So maybe we need to gently start calling each other out. Mm. Like, like maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. in gentleness, with love, right. But to say, brother, you can't say that. Like, that is an uncharitable view of Christians who voted for President Trump or Christians who are anti-vax or right. Christians who are using critical race theory in a way that helps us understand racial divisions. Now, that may not be your cup of tea, and you might have strong convictions against that. But the way you convey those convictions, especially, Kathy, what you said, in the public space, we have got to double and triple check our tone as well as our message. And I'm afraid in the argument culture, tone is out of whack today. Right. So in all things, we should be a loving presence. Yes. yes. We should be a loving uh, uh, presence. Yes. All right. Now, Tim, let me say one thing. And this maybe we can talk about this next time when you're on the show. And I can't wait for it because I love, I love when you join us. Is that what, what are the figures you said about the people that are recognizing that argument culture is a problem in America? What's that percentage? Oh, 98%. Okay. All right. So, if so nine, we all know. Okay. So if 98% of people recognize that it's a problem, I think we're not actually living that way, though. So mm. we all – people are talking about it everywhere. Everybody from the, from the president to senators to doctors to people who are involved in public health to athletes, everybody's talking about argument culture. But it's – argument culture is remaining. Right. So where's the disconnect? You know why? So because, my, because I think it's your fault, not my fault. I think that's part of it. Well, I'd say a quick answer is you've not read my book. Like that's like that's a quick, off the cuff <laughs> answer. It's a nice plug. But, but but listen, thank you. Monroe's motivated sequence, the oldest form of persuasion, American persuasion. What does he say? Get people's attention, make them believe it's a problem. Like Kathy, maybe we don't believe it's a real problem offer them solutions, and then visualize what the solutions look like. Right now, I don't think we know what a solution looks like, and we certainly can't visualize it. So the mm. church needs to say, 
here's one solution and here's how we do it. So watch how we do it. Watch how we have these brotherly, sisterly disagreements that are pretty passionate. Uh, but watch our tone. And I think that's what we need to do is to actually offer people alternatives. Right. But we've got to live it first, right? Before we tell to anybody else. Especially the people that drive me crazy. Mm -hmm. Like I watch people, Christians, who have a platform, and I'm watching them going, that is so wrong and bad. But then the Holy Spirit shows up and says, wow, said the rhino. Yeah, yeah. Right? You need to back off a little bit. And it's like, uh, and still, I think, speak the truth in love. But do research first to understand completely what this fellow brother or sister believes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Dr. Tim Muehlhoff, check out his book and read it. He says, winsome conviction, disagreeing without dividing church. Very nice, Tim. Always a pleasure. You bet. See ya. A loving presence. Yeah, that's very good. Next, it's our daily feature. Does this make sense? Does this make sense? See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. Matthew 18.10 Every day, children and teens will find themselves in the foster care system. Because their parents can't take care of them. Because of abuse or neglect. Through no fault of their own, they'll find themselves... Scared. Angry. Alone. But it doesn't have to be that way. As a Christian foster parent for the Bear Foundation, you can open your heart and open your home to a child or teen in need. You can change a life. You can change a life. You can change a life. To learn more about Christian foster care, call the Bear Foundation. Call 412-341-6850. 412-341-6850. On the web at christianfostercare.org. Hi, we're Katie and Ryland Weber, the founders of Convive Coffee. For more than five years, the heart of Convive has been to serve our community by sharing life and great coffee together. Sourcing beans from around the world, Convive Coffee samples and roasts right here in Pittsburgh. Come visit your local Convive Cafe at Adams Shops in Mars, McCandless Crossing, and Butler Street in Lawrenceville. We hope to see you soon at Convive Coffee. There's confusion about how to protect yourself from COVID. One thing is certain, whether you're vaccinated or not, you need an accurate thermometer to check for fever, the leading sign of flu and COVID. Be vigilant and contact your medical provider at the first sign of fever. Don't rely on non-contact thermometers that have no scientific studies. Only the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Learn more at exergen.com. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a teen name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. 
It's long, over a thousand chapters, over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. It'll be breezy this evening. Otherwise, we'll see low clouds. Expect a low of 44. Mostly cloudy skies for tomorrow, the high 57. Partly cloudy tomorrow night with a low of 43. Thursday will be mostly cloudy. We'll see a high of 63. Expect rainy weather late Thursday night through Friday afternoon. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. sense does what make sense shower jill well my two teenage sons were big on shower gel mm. and it's super scenty but it's kind of like it's just a big gloppy mess so i put it on me once or twice to give it a shot mm-hmm. i'm not a fan because it's just kind of like uh, it's like it's like shampoo for the body, I guess. I like a bar of soap. I like to feel something that has a little more, you know, form to it, mm-hmm. I would say. Sure. So shower gel, it's kind of just mad to me. Does it make sense to you? Because no. it doesn't make sense. No, it does not. Hey, we agree. It. I like a more classic approach. Classic. To bathing. I okay. think that the shower gel, I think shampoo for the body is an accurate moniker. Mm-hmm. I think we've gone too far. Put it in there. I feel like something that's liquid at room temperature always makes me suspicious. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I I just, I I like soap. The bar. I like the bar. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, I'll just be honest with you all, I like a nice soap. Yeah. I'm not going for like some kind of average coast or something. I'm not doing that. Whoa. I like... I well, kind of like, is it like some shishi? It is shishi. Shishi. I use a French milled soap. What? Mm-hmm. Whoa. I do. French mm-hmm. milled. Well, yep. I don't even know what that means. It's uh, rosemary and mint. Holy moly. Does your husband use it too? Mm, no. Oh, he's not using that. He's get, he buys the coast. I get see. I'm not doing that. French milled. But neither one of us are doing shower gel. I'm saying that, John, because it doesn't make sense. All right. Does this make sense? Tea time. Now, we, we stayed, I've been saying about this, we spent a couple of nights at a and b and they were like, a tea time's at 4 o'clock. What? Well, I went downstairs, had myself a nice cup of tea, or three, I might add, and then I had some, like, scone oh, or like a, a little, little... tea cake or something. Yeah. And then there was some polite conversation, you know, my housemates there. I really liked tea, because you know what? Then the second day, I was like... I'm looking forward to tea time. Right. And then I think, what if tea time was here at the office? Like, we all took a break, like, at 3 o'clock, and then we had tea together and just had a cup of tea and some conversation for 15 minutes or so, and then went back about our business. I think tea time in the corporate atmosphere, it would be a really positive thing. I think it makes complete sense. Tea time. 
I think it makes good sense I'm as well. I'm in favor of tea time. Let's up, can we implement that? Tea time. So no shower gel. Tea time's good. 101.5 WORD. Dr. Charles Stanley. God's love is not just an emotion. It is that unselfish giving of himself to us. In spite of the fact that we're unlovely and that we are undeserving. God's love is a commitment to you and me. The teaching of Dr. Charles Stanley on In Touch, helping you grow in Christ every day. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Everywhere you are, they are too. Advertising that wants you to refinance, get a mortgage, or cash out refinance. I mean, you've heard it here on Word FM. No doubt you've heard the advertising for United Faith Mortgage right here. A good family with great rates, an easy process to go through, all that and more. But maybe to you it's just more background noise or just something else you want to get away from. That is, until you need a mortgage or are thinking about refinancing, honestly. What sets United Faith Mortgage apart from all that static is their faith, the daily struggle, because you're trying to live it too. If you're thinking or ready to buy, call United Faith Mortgage first. You'll be happy with the conversation, the service, the work ethic, and ultimately, the great rates. Refi too. Call United Faith Mortgage with a direct lender advantage. Faith and family, and they don't hide it. United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. As America changes in an era of crisis, the mission of the church has never been more clear. It's time for us to saturate the streets with the love of Jesus. Saturate USA is a movement of churches and believers across America, uniting to reach every home with the gospel. At saturateusa.org, churches can adopt a zip code and receive free neighborhood maps and evangelistic materials, including Jesus Film DVDs with free online streaming. Join the movement at saturateusa.org. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. For over 100 years, QDOT has fixed big mechanical systems for the commercial industry, from hospitals and factories to churches and schools. You deserve to be treated fairly when it comes to your home's HVAC system. QDOT can solve any mechanical challenge, big or small. For affordable repairs, replacement, and maintenance, QDOT answers 24-7-365. And your safety is their top priority. Call 412-366-6200 at q-dot.com. Ryan Burch is back with us. Ryan's a regular guest on our show. He's assistant professor of political science at Eastern Illinois University. His research appears on the site Religion in Public. He tweets at Ryan Burge on Twitter, and uh, he writes regularly. And picked up by the New York Times here the last couple of times we've talked to him. Ryan, congratulations on that New York Times pickup. It's very good. Thank you so much. It's been a whirlwind of a day for sure. It sure yeah. has. I mean, I opened up the New York Times today, and there I see you there. Mm-hmm. That's it's crazy. Little little kid from a small town in rural Illinois made it the New York Times. Nice. I love it. Okay, the headline is a grabber. Why evangelical is becoming another word for Republican? 
Uh, yeah, that's that's something I've been working on for a while now. And, and I've been it's one of those things when you chip away at the data long enough, you start seeing these weird things. And one of those weird things is that on these surveys, they ask everyone, are you, do you identify as a born again or evangelical Christian or not? So it's a yes or no question. What's cool about that question is they ask everybody that. So even if you said you were an atheist or a Muslim or a Hindu or a Buddhist, you really? still get asked that question. Why is and that? The, what, because for a long time, we thought it was measurement error when a Hindu said, I'm, a, I'm an evangelical or a Muslim, right? Like they just messed up when they took the survey. Well, I dug into that a little bit and saw that it's actually not survey error. People are actually picking that that evangelical designation for reasons that are completely not related to theology or Jesus Christ at all. What? Okay, so you don't believe you're a Hindu, you don't believe in Jesus, but you still may identify as an evangelical? Yeah. And so, like for instance, amongst Muslims who go to mosque more than once a week and identify as Republicans. 50% of them say they're evangelical or born again. <laughs> wow. That doesn't make any yes. sense. That's crazy. Well, the thing is, it's interesting because amongst Republican Muslims who only go to mosque once a year, it's only 20% of them identify as evangelical. So it's really this combination of religious devotion, but also Republican you know, political affiliation tied together. And so for in the minds of people who are non-Christians, evangelical actually might have a more cultural or social significance mm-hmm. or political significance than it does a theological significance anymore. So the word doesn't mean what pastors want you to think it means. Right. And it doesn't mean what historically it's meant in the West. That's right. And, you know, and I've written this in several places, but Maya Angelou said, when people tell you who they are, believe them. And so if you tell me you're an evangelical, you know, for a long time, we thought they're messing up. They're, they're checking the wrong box in the survey. I believe them now. You know, I think they're actually picking that option for a very good reason. But because they're picking it for a reason that we don't understand and we think is wrong doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just they're understanding the word differently than the way that we are understanding it as survey givers. And I think that tells us a lot about what's going on in American society right now. Well, that's fascinating. Okay, so then evangelical, my faith in Jesus Christ is not really what it means. Instead, you're saying evangelical is my faith in the Republican Party. Or that, or, is, the, yeah. or that I'm just generally conservative politically? That's right. And the other piece of the article is that the share of self-identified evangelicals who say they never or seldom attend church rose from 16% in 2008 to 27% in 2020. So 27% so actually, of evangelicals don't go to church. Absolutely right. Yep. Because, again— they don't think you have to go to church to be an evangelical. They just don't see those two things as being together because for them, remember, it's a cultural and political identifier much more than it's a you know religious or theological identifier. And so what we're seeing really is that word kind of jumped the fence and became something much bigger and I think much more watered down than mm. what all of us assumed it to be. Hmm. Okay, so how did it happen? I think it happened slowly over time, but I think its polarization drove a lot of it. I think what we know is that people want to find congruence in their lives. They want to all have everything they do and believe kind of line up behind each other, right? So in modern American politics, you know, if let's say that you're, uh, you, you're, you like guns and, you, you know, you're a big Second Amendment person, but, you know, what, where are you on the environment? Well, because I'm a Second Amendment person, that means I'm a Republican, so that means I have to be, you know, conservative on the environment too. I think what we're seeing is in all aspects of life, people are going, okay, what is my political affiliation and how can I line up every other part of my identity behind my political affiliation? So, you know, 30 years ago, I could be, let's say, a nun, but be a Republican. But the way that we understand the Republican Party today is it's so tied with evangelicalism that a lot of people are saying, well, wait, wait, wait. 
I have to align all parts of my identity. So I am a Republican, but I'm also an evangelical, despite the fact that I've never opened a Bible before, never been baptized, never been to church, because I want psychologically to have everything in my life lined up behind behind this one identity. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so then uh, if people are saying that, then there are people who are truly evangelicals who who now would say, well, I'm I'm moving away from evangelicalism. I'm an ex-evangelical. I'm deconstructing. Or does just, it, but that doesn't mean the same thing, though. Does it mean the same no. thing? Does it muddy the water? Yeah, see, the problem is, though, who, gets, who owns terms? Yeah, I mean, that's I what we always talk about. That's to, what language know, like, is. Language is always evolving. Yeah, it doesn't belong to me or you or, you know, or Billy Graham or Franklin Graham or, you know, Rick Warner, whoever. It doesn't belong to any of us. It belongs to what the public thinks it means. Right. And I think I've always actually wrote a book chapter where I looked at how, you know, social media uses the word evangelical. And they were associating it more with Trump over the last four years, too. Mm-hmm. So there's clear evidence that the word evangelical, maybe because the media is using it in this way, maybe just because popular culture is moving it this way. But that word means something completely different now. And I think it puts, you know, your sort of hardcore theological evangelicals, your devout evangelicals in a really weird spot because you've owned this term for hundreds of years now. But now the words moved away from what you think it means. Right. So do you adopt a new term or right. are you mad about this? Like, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't seen that response to this article yet. So then you could be an evangelical, but not a Christian. Absolutely. You can be an evangelical Catholic. Mike Pence himself calls himself a born again Catholic. So it's been around for a while now. It's just who, you know, who gets to say you're in and you're out. That's something I always have to talk about in my research. You know, for instance, if I put Mormons outside like the Christian group, LDS folks get mad at me. But if I put them inside the Christian group, then evangelicals get mad at me. Right, right, so, you know, like how do you how do you square these circles? Because everyone wants to – well, I call it boundary maintenance, which is like this is us and that's, that's you. You know, like us versus them. Mm-hmm. We want to create us versus them all the time. And reality is those lines are a lot blurrier and more porous than we want them to be. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> No kidding. And I think that that's that's one of the um, things that's contributing to people's sense of alienation in American culture right now is that the labels that used to give them a sense of security or place don't anymore. Blurred. Right. So if if the Eagles uh, club gave you a sense or you were a Boy Scout or you were a part of the Catholic Church or you were, you know, part of the Alumni Association at your, your university or whatever it is, all, all of those institutions have been called into question over the last decade plus. And so now people are kind of like free floating. And I think this type of, of language evolution, you know, might be a part of that. Dr. Ryan Burge is with us, assistant professor of political science at Eastern Illinois University. Um, We're talking about his article, which is in today's New York Times, called Why Evangelical is Becoming Another Word for Republican. But I'm still stuck on evangelical Muslims. (laughs) I'm stuck on it, too. But again, the the share of um, LDS that are evangelicals doubled over the last 10 years. Um, About 20 percent of uh, Catholics say they're born again now. I mean, it's it's infected every part of American life. And and I have to say, like evangelical branding is good, you know, and and that everyone knows what it means. And therefore, when you create a a coherent brand, people gravitate to that brand. The problem is when they dilute that brand, then how do you how do you respond to that whole thing? And, you know, the reason I wrote the article is because Pew had this data that came out a couple of weeks ago that said evangelicalism actually grew during the Trump four years. Right. And a lot of my evangelical friends are like, look at us, look how good we're doing. But I wanted to say, wait a minute, 
let's pull back the layers a little bit and right. see what's going on below that. Cause it's probably, you're happy with the top line, but you're not happy with what the composition looks like underneath because they're not people who have accepted Jesus Christ, heard the good news and came forward during an altar call. These are people that you think are heretical in some ways. Right. Right. And you know, it's all of a sudden we're crossing into different lands and that's a lot what happened between 2016 and 2020 is, you know, the, the, the Venn diagram got really screwed up, you know? So people's, you know, faith life and people's political life, all of a sudden it wasn't a whole lot of a Venn diagram. It was like just a, a you know, a pie chart and it was the same yeah. thing. It was just all one color. Yeah. And I that, think it also it's ironic that the New York times, which is of course a very liberal bastion would, you know, if you would say evangelical to a New York Times reader, they would they would not like most people who are evangelicals. They would not. But I will say this. They are fascinated by evangelicals generally. Everything I write about evangelicals gets a lot more played than the stuff that's not. And people are like, but they're only is, you know, 25% of American culture, but they do seem to take an outsized role in American life, political life, social life, theological life. And everyone is fascinated by evangelicals. But the New York Times, you know, they want to understand this as well. They have a really good religion team over there. And, you know, I was talking to one of the reporters just today, actually, about, you know, how do they describe these people going forward? Do they still use the term evangelical, you know, using it from the term 20 years ago? Does it still apply to the people today? Or do you have to add like a modifier, you know, like, right. you know, it's like a cultural evangelical. Like right. that's what David French yeah, said on yeah. Twitter today. Sure. Okay. So that's a question that you, uh, you know, you journalists ask amongst yourselves. The question I think that John and I are asking is, okay, so, or, or maybe we're not asking, but it's the question that we're seeing a lot of our guests ask is, do I want to be labeled an evangelical anymore? I right? think it depends how you, how you define it. Right. I think you have to say, I'm an evangelical like this. Right. With like a description after it. The same, right. Like so then the old... so then let's just drop the term if we have to go into like, you know, some kind of torturous description of what it is, which right. is which I, is kind of where we are. People would say I'm not an evangelical. I'm a Christ follower. I don't think you need any more description around that. That's that's OK with me from a, from a pastor side, from a social scientist side. I said, please don't do that. That's really annoying because I want to keep using. The thing is, we've been asking these questions in this way for 30 or 40 years now. Right. So if we change the question now, we've lost the ability to track concepts going back three and four decades, which is problematic. Right. So I'm, I'm of two minds about this whole thing. I like still using the same questions we're doing, but I also think we should add new questions to add nuance to how we understand these concepts. Nuance. Yeah. Oh, well, there's the, the key. We're word. not good with nuance, nuance in America, Ryan. I don't know what you're looking for. That's good. Well, that's the thing is I think evangelical, what's happened is to be a Republican is to be a, to be a religious person and to be a, a Democrat is to be a non-religious person. Right. So and I think that's the cultures are clashing right. there, right? Exactly right. You know, it used yeah. to be that in the late, late 1980s, Half of evangelicals are Republican, half are Democrat. Now, 70% of them are Republican. So we were seeing this sorting thing happen, and now people are trying to – they're saying they, – they're running to one side or the other saying we can't be in the middle because you get hit in the middle. If you're in the middle, you get hit by cars coming and going, so I'd rather be on one side or the other. That's Dr. Ryan Burge talking about his article in today's New York Times, Why Evangelical is Becoming Another Word for Republican. Ryan, Ryan, thanks so much. Always good stuff. Thank you, guys. Always appreciate it. Excellent. Take a quick break. Come back. Uh, we've got a little more. Uh, How would our picks from Friday turn out? Talk about I that I feel next. pretty good about mine. Sure. Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. 
pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course, we have great eats inside, too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Spring House in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today, and Mike has a great offer for word listeners on his standard MyPillows. You'll receive a standard MyPillow, regularly $69.98, now only $19.98. You'll also receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products, such as MyPillow towels, mattress topper, my slippers, and so much more. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to receive Mike's standard MyPillow for just $19.98 or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. MyPillow is made in the USA, comes with a 10-year warranty so you know it's going to last, and a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want but need. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his standard MyPillow. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or call 800-391-0954. Hear that? That's the sound of a man guarding his home around the clock. Because he has 24-7 professional monitoring from Simply Safe Home Security. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe keeps watch night and day. If there's trouble, Simply Safe alerts him and will dispatch emergency help when needed. Protect your home and your sleep. Take 30% off a new system at simplysafe.com today. Your life. Your hopes. And whatever you were searching for at 1.15 a.m., it's really none of our business. And it shouldn't be anyone else's. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. So on Friday, close to the end of the show, we make our picks for uh, the games that are happening over the weekend. We do a little sports talk. Yeah, so we just did two games on Friday. We did the, of course, Pitt Clemson, which was the game of the weekend, and then we did Penn's Leafs. And um, I'm here to report back. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. So would you give us the uh, the true score? The then- true score. Yeah, yeah. The the true score. Uh, Pitt Clemson was a Pitt one twenty seven seventeen, which was absolutely thrilling, yep. and I'm finally a believer. Okay, yeah, I'm trying to leave Western be? Michigan behind, trying to forget it ever happened. Um, 27-17. Uh, so, Christy picked Pitt uh, 21-20. Mm-hmm. John, you picked Pitt 31-17. Mm-hmm. And I picked Pitt 28-25. So, we all got that one, which is terrific. John was closest, score-wise. Thank you. Was- Pens and Leafs, things fell apart. Okay, now, I picked the Leafs because... At- like I don't even know who's playing for the Pens anymore. Uh, between surgeries and COVID, the whole the whole thing was decimated. The Leafs are supposed to be a pretty good team, Still right? Depends. So I thought that the Leafs would beat the Pens six two. Christy, you also. You I went, was right there with you. You went for the Leafs five yeah. two. John was talking like an idiot, 
saying that the Pens were going to win 4-2. And Boom. then they did. Yeah, baby. And not only 4-2, the Pens won 7-1. 7-1. Pens. So for the weekend, Christy went 1-1. One and one, I went 1-1. One and one, And John went 2-0. 2-0. Now, I also put a little plug in there for Penn State. You put your own plug because I wasn't even asking about it. And I... Well, I can't believe you. I thought about this several times over the weekend. I can't believe you guys are so hateful towards Penn State. Because when you have a you have a love in your life, you don't, you know. Now, I said to you, and I, my wife laughed about this, because I said, you know, I love Pitt and I love Penn State. And you said what? You can't have a wife and a girlfriend. No, you said you can't have two wives. Well, whatever. You can't. Both of those are true. I still love Pitt and Penn you State. Can't. Well, I do. I'm no, sorry. You it's can't. just how it is. I do. No. And hopefully Saturday taught you why you should be more a Pitt fan than Penn State. Nope. Because Listen. Pitt lo- Penn State lost stupidly in nine overtimes to an unranked team. Stupidly because of those crazy rules. It Who was does still, those crazy rules? They still rules? lost stupidly. Two-point two conversion five times. Don't, I'm not going to feel sorry. Ridiculous. So, I'm not going to feel sorry for it. I'm still pro Penn State. And I also love Pitt. And okay. that quarterback for Pitt. Holy Kenny smokes. Pickett doing it. Kenny Pickett, that guy's on fire. You know, fire. my two favorite plays of the game were him running. Of course. Wasn't that terrific? Because uh, you, like, you kind of, hey. It was totally get, unexpected. You get, like, all freaked out, like, be careful out there. It's really good. Anyway, thanks for being with us. Yeah. Okay, we got to salute John, Christy. Yeah, dig it. It's hard to take. Give me the junior mints, my friend. with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.